0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Gate of Heaven video diary, where we're going to explore the story of the Bab in preparation for the release of my upcoming new album, Gate of Heaven, which is based on the writings of the Bab and which is really a musical tribute to this year's celebration of the 200th anniversary of his birth, which is taking place in October. And so I thought that this would be a really great occasion to to learn something about the Bab and to explore the story behind Gate of Heaven, because the first song from the album Promised One is going to be released on Saturday, March 2nd. And as I mentioned in the last video, a a portion of the words of Promised One come from a book called The Dawnbreakers by Nabil, who was a a Persian man who lived in the 19th century and who documented the, the events of the life of the Bab. And so I thought that it, it could be fun to, to do a video series of, of stories uh, using The Dawnbreakers as a, as a vehicle for, for learning about the, the life of the Bab. Uh, so I, I, I know that you know many of you have probably read The Dawnbreakers, and perhaps some of you have read it many times over. But for any of you who are, who are not familiar with The Dawnbreakers, I, I think that maybe the best way to introduce this book is, is to simply say that The Dawnbreakers is, uh, is a love story. In fact, maybe it's the ultimate love story because, like any compelling love story, it illustrates all of the very best things that that a human being can be, all of the the potential that we all have within us for, for acts of of love and and courage and heroism and self-sacrifice. All of those things that that the power of love can unlock in a human being are are expressed in the Dawnbreakers, and. Also, like any compelling love story, it it illustrates the the very worst things that a human being can be, all of the, the the negative forces of of hatred and cruelty that that we also all have potentially within us. So, Shoghi Effendi, who translated the Dawnbreakers from the original Persian into English said that that his intention in translating this book was to help people of a western background gain a better understanding of the significance of the bab and also to inspire in them a sense of love and admiration for what the bab contributed to the world and so during this very special year if we dive into this book uh, hopefully we can we can fulfill shoghi effendi's intention and develop a sense of of love and admiration for, for what the Bob did. But beyond that, I hope that these stories might, uh, might, inspire, in, might inspire us all to, to walk on that, that, uh, that path of what the Bob described as the path of love and compassion. And if the, if the, if the songs on the new album and these video stories can inspire in us all a, a renewed sense of, of love and compassion for each other, then I think they will have fulfilled their purpose. So the do- the story of the Dawnbreakers begins on the little island of Bahrain in the Persian Gulf, and I went there a few years ago. I traveled around the Persian Gulf and I had the great pleasure of playing in Bahrain. And Bahrain is a fascinating country. As you travel around Bahrain, you feel these layers upon layers of of global human history. You see traces of the Greeks, the Arabs, the Persians, the Portuguese, the British, and of course the the ancient civilization of Bahrain itself. And a friend of mine, Hassan, took me for a drive around Bahrain and we were driving down this bustling city street and he pointed to a building and he said to me, this is where Sheikh Ahmad was. And when he said that, I felt this whole new level of connection to this story that I had only ever read about on the other side of the world, back home in Ireland, uh, in this book, The Dawnbreakers, because The Dawnbreakers all begins with Sheikh Ahmad, who was this very prominent 19th century scholar of religion, who lived and taught in Bahrain, uh, but who later moved to Iraq, where he set up Uh, a very special school in the city of Karbala, Uh, and this school became very famous around the Middle East, became known as as the Sheikhi School. Now, just to give you some context about the the world that Sheikh Ahmad lived in, and and about the the nature and purpose of this school that he set up, uh, Shoghi Effendi, in his translation of the Dawnbreakers, has written some extra introductory sections where he explains certain aspects of Islam that are relevant to the story. So, Sheikh Ahmad was a scholar of religion, Uh, specifically he was a Muslim, and even more specifically, he was a Shia Muslim. And so in, in this introductory section to the book, Shoghi Effendi explains that the most important element of Shia Islam, which is one of the major branches of Islam, is that after the Prophet Muhammad passed away, the Shia Muslims followed a series of 12 descendants of Muhammad. So they followed his son-in-law and then his grandson and his great-grandson and his great-great-grandson and so on and so forth for 12 generations. And these 12 descendants of Muhammad became known as the 12 Imams or the 12 leaders, I think that means. But in the course of history, the first 11 of these 12 Imams, one after the other, were assassinated. And so when the 12th Imam was a little child, his father, the 11th Imam, in order to protect his son, sent him into hiding, and a legend emerged. And this legend stated that this little child, the 12th Imam, disappeared from the world, but that he lived on in some other dimension, and that after perhaps a thousand years, He will return to the world and he will establish peace on earth. And this promise of the return of the 12th Imam is of enormous importance for Shia Muslims. It is is as important for Shia Muslims as the return of Jesus Christ is for Christians. It's it's a huge source of of hope and faith and inspiration for for the future. And uh, by the way, if there are any Shia Muslim friends watching this, if I've said anything incorrect, please Please correct me and help me to educate myself because part of the reason that I want to do this is, is really to learn something. And you know, if we can if we can help each other to to learn and, and to educate ourselves along the way, then, then all the better. So when Sheikh Ahmad looked at the world around him, and he looked at the the problems in the world, the corruption, the wars, the injustices, the the, the abuses of religion, the fanaticism he felt that that humanity had had really wandered so far off that that path of love and compassion he felt that that nothing short of the coming of the promised one the return of the 12th imam could ever truly resolve the the social and spiritual problems of the world and not only that he, through his studies, he became convinced that the, the promised one was in fact going to appear in the 19th century, specifically in the year 1844, which you might remember from the last video was the very same year in which many Christian scholars in the West were anticipating, through their studies of the Bible, uh, the the return of Jesus Christ. So it was as if these different religions, unbeknownst to each other, were were all looking in the same direction towards the year 1844. And in fact, Sheikh Ahmad's entire school uh, was dedicated to educating people about these things and preparing people for the coming of the Promised One. But Sheikh Ahmad looked at religion in a way that was markedly different to the, the, the prevailing interpretations of of many of the orthodox religious leaders of his time. So as I understand, in the Quran there are passages which are clear and direct, and there are passages which are allegorical, symbolic. But as is the case with any religion, the, the line between these two has been debated, And Sheikh Ahmad leaned far more towards the allegorical perspective. And he actually extracted from the Quran very profound spiritual insights. And his insights and the the writings that he produced actually garnered him a lot of fame all over the Middle East. He became very well known. And uh, one consequence of this fame was that it aroused uh, a lot of jealousy among many of the religious leaders around him who felt that that Sheikh Ahmad's allegorical approach to the Quran, really posed a serious threat to their positions. But another consequence of his fame was that it attracted the interest of the King of Iran, the Shah, who actually uh, was very supportive of Sheikh Ahmad in his work, and this support of the King really protected Sheikh Ahmad from all of this resentment that was just simmering under the surface among the religious leaders of his time. And so, under the protection of the, the Shah, Sheikh Ahmad was able to devote his life to the development of this, this school where, where um, students were flocking from all over the Middle East to come to Karbala and to study under Sheikh Ahmad and to prepare themselves for the coming of the Promised One. But in his old age, Sheikh Ahmad sensed that he was not going to live long enough to see the Promised One himself. And he longed, more than anything, to, to find some student who, who would be capable of, of taking over his work and carrying forward the school. And on his travels through Iran, he found someone. He found this, this young intellectual, spiritual prodigy, whose name was Sayyid Kazim. Uh, Sayyid Qasim had been this kind of child genius, and so Sheikh Ahmad, took Sayyid Qasem under his wing, and brought him back to Karbala, and handed the school into his care. And Sheikh Ahmad's parting words to Sayyid Qasem are are recorded in the Dawnbreakers, uh, and I'd I'd love to to, uh, share these words with you as as he passes the baton to his his apprentice and successor, Sayyid Qasem. He says to him, You have no time to lose, every fleeting hour should be fully and wisely utilized. Strive day and night to rend asunder, by the hand of wisdom and loving kindness, those veils that have blinded the eyes of men. For verily I say, the hour is drawing nigh." And so in the next video, we'll take a look at the story of Sayyid Qasim as he continues the work of Sheikh Ahmad, preparing his students for the coming of the Promised One. So thank you for watching, and I'd be really grateful if you could do three things. If you give this video a like, that way more people will see it. Uh, Share it with your friends in case they'd like to follow the story too. And uh, also please please join the, uh, the Gate of Heaven Facebook event page, because on Saturday, March 2nd, I will be posting... Promised One, the the first song from the album, on that page. And I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you. I'll I'll do a couple more videos uh, to carry forward the story in preparation for the release of Promised One. And uh, uh, yeah, thanks for watching. I will see you in the next video. Bye.